What's up, everybody, and welcome to What the Funcast, episode 71. Recording release today, Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. February 14th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and joining me is my Valentine. Ahmed, oh my god, that's me. And we're on a little dinner date. I'm eating some some Thai food right now. I'm not eating anything. What kind of dinner date is this? (laughs) Thank you so much for buying me this food. Yeah, exactly. And letting me eat it without you. What a kind, kind gentleman. What are you eating, Ahmed? Describe to us in your best ASMR impression. What do we have here? Is, oh, can you hear it? Can you hear it slithering? <laughs> it's some uh, pad kimau. It's uh, flat, broad rice noodles. With, um... <laughs> it's such oh, I hear noodles. it. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's some uh, bok choy, some onions, some broccoli, carrots. Just go ahead and take a deep breath and think of the bok choy. <sighs> anyway sorry i'm starving i haven't eaten all day so that's fine that's me. fine we just lost like, like 10 listeners because of that listen this is like a silent food to eat when i'm not like rubbing it in the microphone so it's good yeah that's true so that's good um so anyway i guess we'll go we'll jump right into it um first of all well i'll get to it but all right i guess i'll go through what i've been doing so you can eat your you can eat your whatever you what did you call it Pad Ki Mao. Okay, I don't know that. I, I stick to Pad Thai. I stick to what I know, and that's I it. I mean, I think, I don't know if it's Pad Ki Mao or Pad CEO, the one that they call Drunken Noodle. Whatever. It's I think it's good. Trust. It's Thai. If you like noodles. Pad Thai, you're going to like this. Yeah, I know. I feel like they're all very similar in nature. but I mean, yeah. I mean, There's other Thai food besides the noodle section, but we're basic. That's, what are you going to do? Uh, here's a fun fact for you. CNN just reported uh, Americans lost $201 million last year in online romance scams. Online romance scams? Who's falling for Nigerian princes still? Anyways, I don't know. They're still out there. Beware. All right. Well, anyways, I'll jump into what I've been doing. Um, pretty, I guess not really a light week. I've been playing a lot of Luigi's Mansion. So we were talking about this right before we going on, uh, went on air here. But I feel like I've been playing a lot of it. And I'm just on floor 10. And Matt's like, oh, I've been on floor 9. I'm like, anyways, well, when a man actually plays video games, it's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm on floor 10 of Luigi's Mansion, which has got to be coming down the home stretch. I think there's like 12 or 13 floors. Yeah, something so like that. Just there's from like... what I've counted of the little elevator buttons. So, yep. uh, I'm coming down the home stretch. Hopefully, I'll beat that this week. I've been trying to make a good dent in it this weekend, um, get that done. And then I don't know what to move on to after that, but I need to start Pokemon at some point, And that'll probably be next uh, to some extent. Next. That sounds uh, right. And then Animal Crossing will come out, so then Pokemon will fall by the wayside. I keep but forgetting Animal Crossing is coming out. Literally, it's a month, a month away and from six this days, day, right? No, a month and six days. Six days. The system days. comes out a little bit earlier, but um, and that does not have the game included in it. But yeah, it comes out in a month and six days, March 20th. I have mine preloaded. If uh, you're going to use your voucher, go preload it. I should preload it, huh? So I can yeah. make sure to play it at midnight, set up my town, be mm-hmm. indebted to Tom Nook. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. I love paying bills in real in fake games. In fake games, real games, all the games. Whatever. In games as opposed to, you know, just being in debt in real life. Exactly. Um, okay, what else did I play? I played Sparklight. I bought this game, I don't know, a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago. And it's like a it's like a sixteen ish bit kind of game. It's kinda like Zelda. I've literally played like maybe an hour of it, so I haven't played too much of it, but it's pretty cool so far. And it's uh it's interesting. But yeah, I haven't played very much of it, so I can't really give too much of an opinion on it just yet. But you love probably. you these like eighteen or eighteen these eight slash sixteen bit side scrolling 
games. I'm assuming that's what it is. Because I feel like that is it's not it a is. side scroller. It's more of like a Zelda game, like a like a 3D kind of game. Like top not down 3D, kind of but yeah, top down. Yeah. So yes, I'm a total sucker for top down games. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. It looks good. It seems it's gotten pretty good reviews. So do that. Um, I just bought the Ace Attorney trilogy on Switch with today. I haven't played it yet though. The Phoenix Wright games. They're fifteen dollars on sale. Um, I did see that. Probably won't buy them, but I saw it. My I eyes. keep buying these games on eShop, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to play these. And then it like takes forever, but I eventually play them, so that's good. Um, oh, so a correction. Last week, I was talking about Evoland, which is this this game that I bought for $5 on eShop, whatever. It used to be 20 long story short. It's the game that progresses through the generations that I was telling you about. And oh, I was yeah. saying that it was like a roguelite where you have to like start over from the beginning again. You don't. I'm an idiot. And like I got pissed off and died, and it took me back to the title screen. So I just turned it off. There was a continue button right there. So I'm an Anyways. idiot. Oh so the God. funny part was I go and I restart it, and then I restarted like playing through the intro sequence again. And then I was like... I'm not going through this game. I'm tired of this. So I hit like exit the title screen and then I saw the continue button. I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. So anyways, anyways. Right. maybe I'll actually give this one a chance. It's very unique. It's like you start by getting like right, the, like the right motion and the left motion. And then it's like, uh, like it's literally like at one point it's a textureless like field, like your graphics all textureless and then like you open a chest and it's like, you got textures. Everything looks a little bit better now. And like, it's very interesting. How much was this? It it was $5. I don't know if it's still on sale, but it's uh, it's very interesting. It's, there's Evoland 1 and 2. They're like Zelda clones that were initially on mobile, and then they got ported over to Switch. Are they? I, so I was, they're kind of Switch exclusive. All right. I, uh, I don't know about Switch exclusive, but yeah. I mean, exclusive in terms of consoles. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I'll look into it. Looks interesting. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, then we bought Frozen 2 digitally yesterday, so we rewatched that, um, and Lauren's family had not seen it, and they're out here, so we watched it with them, that was good, good. and I think that's pretty much it, kind of Luigi's Mansion, it's Luigi's week. (laughs) It's Luigi's year now, it's his year again, it's never not his year. The animation in that game is so good. It really is. It kind of it's almost disappointing like the graphics in in the like actual gameplay are a little bit like aliased, but like the cutscenes are really good. I really like it a lot. I don't know. Overall, it's just very fluid. Yeah. It's uh I don't know. They did a really good job. I'm kind of glad that I imagine that a lot of these good games came or not good games, but like these sequel games or these new iterations of games came out because uh the Wii U pretty much backlogged all of them to the Switch and they stopped releasing Wii U games for a while. So Really cool that they were able to do that, so hopefully they keep up the momentum for, I don't know, Switch 2 or whatever comes out next, but yeah, a lot of really good games on Switch. Bro, I think I genuinely am of the camp that, like, Switch is kind of like, it'll be as long-lasting as the DS, where it's just, like, iterations upon iterations of the same kind of system. Yeah, Nintendo has even said that they expect the Switch to last, like, another three to five years or something. The Switch itself? the original Switch. I mean, that's possible. That sounds about right. It's very interesting, but it is. Anyways, I don't know. Good stuff. Hopefully, it does. So, Hopefully. what have you been doing besides so, eating your pad? Not pad Thai. Your, your Thai food. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I so obviously after our last episode, um, it was not the Oscars yet, but I still haven't seen or still haven't seen all the Best Picture nominees, and I still didn't see all of them because 
I never saw The Irishman, and then The Irishman ended up being snubbed for basically every single award. Not basically, literally every single award it was nominated for. It was nominated for 14 different Oscars, and it lost every single one of them. So I have no desire to see it anymore because I was never that interested in the first place. So hold on. Before you go any further, I was reading stuff from last year, right, where I guess Roma was favored to win Best Picture last year, and then Green Book won. Yeah. And they were saying that the Academy didn't want to give it to Netflix to, like, encourage the streaming mentality and pretty much say that, like, I don't know, the formal, what we know cinema to be is dead and, like, streaming is the new thing. So maybe that's what happened again. Maybe. I mean... What, like, without conspiracy theorizing, like, the official process is there's, like, a pool of, like, thousands or so uh, Academy, like, members that vote on all of these awards. So there's not really, like, a conspiracy of these people, like, oh, we'll make sure to not give it to this. Like, everyone just votes, and, like, no, literally no one knows the results except for, like, this private security company that, like, locks it up in a briefcase somewhere. So, I don't know. Anyways, that's besides the point. So um, I watched Missing Link right after our last episode and it was fine and it didn't win so that was good i'm glad i wasted my time and then <laughs> um it toy story 4 won which was nice and we'll go over the, the winners in a, in a sec but um ford versus ferrari was pretty good obviously that didn't win either i think it won but for like best film editing um but watching watching those back to back missing link could like barely keep my attention and ford versus ferrari was actually like in it um so i, I don't know i was watching missing link and i'm like maybe i'm just tired maybe that's why i can't focus but it genuinely just didn't hold my attention. Um, before Verse Fire was good. And then uh, I saw Sonic last night, and that was surprisingly good. Um, I don't know what it was, but me and our friend Carlo were just laughing hysterically the entire time. It was kind of like just so absurd that it was very funny. Um, but it was good. I think it was genuinely like a, a fun movie. And um, yeah, in terms of playing things, I didn't really play much except for a few rounds of Overwatch here and there, and um, some more Jedi Fallen Order, um, which is genuinely a lot of fun. I've just been going through it at a slow pace, but I really need like a day where I don't have anything to do to just plow through it, um, because I, I am genuinely enjoying it. It's a really good game. You are correct. And I try to be once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> I try to be. Anyways, um, I think that's it for, for our little recap. That's a short one. Usually we go like a half hour. You got to do more. Some hot toppies. Yeah, let's jump right into it. Paul, so I have no life. Today I stopped working at like 7 p.m. Uh, it's over. Today's Wednesday, Wednesday night? Yeah, because I took off Thursday. Wednesday I was doing stuff like I jumped back on my computer to finish some stuff up from like 9 to 12.30 or something. So, yes, I feel you. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah. It's peak work season. Sorry. We're getting that, mer- getting that Mernie? Wow. Getting that bread. <sighs> on that note, let's move into... Uh, <laughs> the Oscar winners 2020, the full list of winners, as hosted by Taika Waititi in this picture. Um, it's as hosted no. by literally like the Oscars.com. Yeah, I know, I know. But he's front and center in this uh, in this picture here on this thread. Not on this thread, on this uh, post. He is. So, it's a good all point. right, how should we do this? Uh, should we highlight some of the... The key ones? I mean, I guess there's enough that we could probably run through them fairly quickly because we yeah, probably don't know much. There's only 24. All right, it's so funny. you want to you wanna do the first 12 or do the second 12? Sure. So for best performance by an actor in a leading role, um, should we stay at the nominees? I, I was going to say, no, we're not doing the nominees. Joaquin Phoenix won for Joker, um, which was 
pretty much a given. Uh, I don't think anyone else was really in consideration for that. I still haven't seen Joker, but his speech was like... His speech was a little wild. He was talking he, about like... he. I think he meant well, but he's like, guys, animal cruelty, okay? Yeah, he was like, we can't be artificially inseminating cows to drink milk. And we're like, oh, okay. I don't know. It's very interesting. Um, performance by an actor in a supporting role, Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think this one was also favored, and I think it was well-deserved because he kind of stole the show in that movie. Leonardo DiCaprio was not that great. Uh, performance by an actress in a leading role, Renee Zellweger in Judy, which is a movie that like a total of 12 people saw. So congrats to her, I guess. She um, was another one that was going through it during her speech. She was she like, was. Um, 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 and I was like, I don't know, maybe winning such a prestigious award kind of makes you stupid in the moment. I would probably be the same way. <laughs> she just started so. like naming random people. She was like, Serena Williams, the soldiers in Iraq. And we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I Do you not that remember part. that? She was just like kept saying like random things, and we're like, okay. Um, anyways, <laughs> performance by an actress in a supporting role, Laura Dern in Marriage Story, which is so weird because she had a total of twelve minutes of screen time in this movie versus everyone else that's nominated was like in the whole movie. So I don't know. It was strange. I didn't think her performance was that great, but sure, congrats. Um, best animated feature film, Toy Story Four, which is well deserved in my yes. opinion. Yes. Uh, achievement in cinematography, uh, 1917, which was also a given. This movie is fantastic. The cinematography is a big part of what makes it fantastic. So that was good. How many years is this so far? I don't yeah, I even count. You just did number six. I knew you weren't counting. That's why I just counted. Perfect. It's, it's number seven. Keep going. <laughs> uh, achievement in costume design, Little Women. I think this one's also given, just because anytime there's a period movie with like. A lot of layers of clothing that's usually what's going to get the award versus i don't know joker was like a red suit i don't know uh achievement in directing parasite that was loud <laughs> from bong joon ho um who i recently saw this thing his rotten tomatoes like average score for all the movies he's directed is 90 percent. like every movie he's released has been like a hit um he also did okja which is a netflix original snowpiercer and then uh, that was with Chris Evans and then a few other like um, smaller movies that are apparently all very good. So I have uh, added a few things to my watch list. Um, best documentary feature, American Factory. Uh, best documentary short subject, learning to skateboard in the war zone, parentheses, if you're a girl, which sounds interesting. Tony Hawk was there for this one. Um, and then achievement in film editing, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, which I think, I, I don't know, the cars fast i guess so sure <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how you win a film editing award is that is that 12 uh no you have one more oh, okay best international feature film surprise parasite again because who even saw any of these other ones nobody did honeyland that one is also a documentary that was nominated for best documentary and it didn't oh. win for either so mm, rest in anyways. pieces all right moving down the list achievement makeup and hairstyling nominees bombshell uh was the winner here did you watch bombshell I didn't. This is the one. It's about Megyn Kelly. It's like yes. Charlie's Throne playing as Megyn Kelly. And I was mad when I first one because I was like, are you kidding me? Like, people do this makeup all the time for news people. But apparently they literally made a prosthetic of Megyn Kelly's face and put it onto Charlie's Throne and, like, changed yeah. her entire face. So I didn't know that. So I saw you complaining on Twitter. I hope you deleted all those tweets. I didn't because someone replied to the tweet, proved me wrong, and I was like, you know what? You're right. So I don't Good. Good. That's from. actually good. Yeah. All right, Achievement in Music written uh, for Motion Pictures Original Score. A Joker won this one. Um, Achievement in Music written for Motion Pictures Original Song. I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, written by, uh, well, the lyrics are by Bernie Taupin, and the music is by Elton John. Very well deserved. 
very happy to see Elton John so happy because he's had a very long and kind of, you could say, mixed life. Um, a lot of success, but a lot of hurt and pain as well, as you could see in Rocket Man, which Taron Egerton should have been nominated for, but that's okay. Yeah, also, why isn't Taron Egerton there to sing the song with Elton John? Like, the but they brought Eminem. So if you haven't, didn't watch the Oscars, Eminem came out and started singing Lose Yourself. Which he won for, I think, many moons ago, He right? did. He did. It was it was the winner for original song, but, like, why here? Why now? I don't know. There was, like, there's... Oh, I don't know. Uh, that was that was bizarre. But also, kind of interesting, I guess. Everyone's face in the audience, it was, like... I don't know. They, they're, like, hello. Then, like, Martin Scorsese's face, and he was, like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. But, yeah, very well deserved. It was, uh, it was nice because I'm sure he's won many awards, and to win an Oscar uh, in his lifetime... He was very genuine, and... Uh, was this his first Oscar? I believe this is his first Oscar. Elton John Oscar click, click, wins. Click, 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 uh, Oh, no, no, no. I lied. Damn. Okay. Yeah, I he feel did... like he... Okay, how many other something. ones did he win? I don't know. One other one. <laughs> Maybe. You could probably guess this one. I'll give you a few minutes to guess it. Three? Uh, no. He's, he's oh. only won one other. And you could probably guess it. It's from a uh, Disney movie. Oh, um, god damn it! Which? Uh, All right, you have two minutes. <laughs> Best motion picture of the year, Parasite won. Ahmed screamed. I could hear him from here. Um, achievement in production design, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Best animated short film nominees. Uh, sorry, Wait, best. Why wasn't Best Motion Picture of the Year at the end of this list? They're not That's in order so- because the actor and actresses would have been towards the bottom as well. Best animated short film, Hair Love, which was actually a Kickstarter project. Pretty cool. Uh, best live action short film, The Neighbor's Window. Uh, achievement in sound editing, Ford vs. Ferrari. <laughs> the cars also sounded fast. They did sound really good, to be honest. Achievement in sound mixing, 1917. Achievement in visual effects, 1917. Adapted screenplay, Jojo Rabbit, a screenplay yeah. by Taika Waititi. I really want to watch this. I watched um, some previews for it, which I had never seen before. That's really good. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, original screenplay, Parasite. Ahmed also screamed. All right. I any you, li- I, my only regret of the night is not recording my reaction to Parasite winning Best Picture. I genuinely, like, jumped out of my seat. Almost fell. Oh, my God. Uh, um, so do you have any guesses? I have an I, I have a. I have a guess, but I don't want to make myself sound like an idiot. Okay, just say it. Um, no, I don't want to. Just say it. <laughs> You'll be in my heart. No, no that was Phil not, Collins from Tarzan. That's what I thought, but I was like, no, I can't tell. It's Can You Feel the Love Tonight, 1995, The oh, Lion King. God damn it. I'm so See, I told you that was an easy one. I'm so sorry. If you unsubscribe to us, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I think... Of any of these movies that should be seen now that the award season is officially over, it's it's Parasite. Parasite, obviously, but like you should see Jojo Rabbit, you should see 1917 for sure, um, and if you have the time, see Ford versus Ferrari. Everything else, I think, is you know passable. Joker, I guess, is worth seeing. It's not it's not bad. It's not a bad movie, but I don't know. I wouldn't put it as like the top top of the list. Should we put in headphones when we watch Ford vs. Ferrari so we can hear them cars? You have surround sound, don't you? I, it was a joke, Ahmed. I know. I do. <laughs> then there you go. I was watching it in surround sound at like 2 in the morning. I was, my roommate, Scott, I'm like texting him. I'm like, are you still awake? I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. You're good. It was on a Friday oh night or Saturday night, so it was whatever. 
Anyways, Oscar's out of the way. Let's move on to our next hot top. Let's do it. Uh, so Cassian Endor series is filming this year. Uh, so Diego Luna, friend of the show, uh, said in an interview <laughs> with Entertainment Tonight, Diego Luna, uh, he provided an, an update on the upcoming Cassian Endor series. This one comes from Heroic Hollywood. He says, yes, we're doing it. We're doing it this year. It's happening, and I'm getting ready for it. I can't wait. It's really cool to tell a story where you already know the ending. It's a different approach because of the beauty, and it's how things happen. It's not just what happens. It's not the typical way of approaching a story. It's about how, how things happen, which, in fact, is the same that happened in Rogue One. You know the ending, but you don't know how it happened. And we have that challenge in front of us again, which is exciting. So that was a very long-winded way of saying it's a prequel to Rogue One. Yeah. So... That's good. Yeah, so very exciting. Hopefully this is good, uh, seeing K2SO and Cassian Endor's character uh, together again in another series should be very entertaining, as was Rogue One. Speaking uh, of K2SO, minor, I, the very minor spoiler for Jedi Fallen Order, so close your ears for like five seconds. When I saw the droid that looks like K2SO, I was like, what, K2SO? But then it was like, security droid, and I'm like, oh, this is... They are so <laughs> effing hard to kill. They were really obnoxious, but they were like, and then there's like two of them at some point, and I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, one of them was a boss. Why is there just two of them now? Yeah, so, you, yeah, you eventually, yeah. It there's, was wild. There's ways that it gets a little bit easier down the road. But yeah. I've been like low key like I think the reason why I'm so like so far behind and that came despite like actually I've been putting a lot of time into it is because I'll kind of like XP farm a little bit just to get more skill points so that I'm not as frustrated during these fights so I yeah. can get like more life and more whatever which is nice because it doesn't feel like I don't know in a game like the Outer Worlds you can't really farm XP as much I and mean, you can if you want but it's not as easy as just going to the meditations point and respawning the enemies so yeah I don't know interesting stuff Oh, you know, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. So I took that as like an extra level of challenge because I've got to get my life back. So I restored all the enemies. Now i got to fight them again. Whereas yeah. you were like, I'm going to go fight them for fun. Well, yeah. I mean, once you like master like a, like there's one point on the planet where there's like the, the bunch of stormtroopers and like those spiders. A lot of the stormtroopers are ranged and you can easily just like kill them with your parry. And then the spiders kill the flamethrowing ones and then you kill the rest of them. And it's like kind of easy XP. Yeah. 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. Anyways, moving on, Stranger Things 4 dropped a teaser today, and apparently it's going to take place in Russia, maybe? I don't know. The entire teaser was in Russia, and... And hold on, just keep it vague, just keep it vague. There was a major reveal based on the end of Season 3 of Stranger Things, so... Yes. We'll keep it at that. I won't even say anything else, because Ahmed's got pseudo-spoilers here in the document. We're not going there! By now. I mean, you should. No, 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 stop. All right. Remember when right. we joked about Lion King and people being spoiled by, you know, Mufasa's death? Wow, you just spoiled it. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> You've at this so point dumb. had an animated chance and a live action chance. Obviously, you know the better of the two, and it's not the live action one. <laughs> Anyways, yes, uh, the the kid is dead in, in The Sixth Sense, so there's your other spoiler. Oh, I forgot about that movie. I haven't seen that movie in a thousand years. I don't think I've ever actually seen that movie. I think I just saw the spoiler, and I was like, yeah, I've seen it. Anyways. Yeah, that's wild. So this, uh, well, I guess we'll be shifting tones over to the video game side of the house now, now that the entertainment side is done. Kind of late on news this week, so we'll be drumming through a lot of these. So in perhaps the most surprising news of the week, uh, Dreams is reviewing very well. And this is very obviously very well. Media Molecule's new PS4 game uh, that has been... Literally, this game has been announced for like a hundred years, 
Uh, Dreams announcement. It had to have been announced in like 2017, maybe? They had a gameplay demo at E3 2018. So Holy shit. A teaser for the game was released in July 2014. <laughs> but when you, when you realize what it is, it kind of makes sense that it took this long because it's not like a game. It's kind of... <laughs> Think Mario Maker, but like advanced. It's like anything you want. You're not giving a toolbox with specific like shapes and sizes or tools or whatever. You're getting you could do whatever the hell you want box. Like yeah, it's it's a lot to. I'm like I, I don't know. It's I feel like it's hard enough to make a game with a set like set rules, but you're basically making a platform to make games in, which is a task. So yeah, it's not too surprising. Um, yeah, no, it's, and it's reviewing, it's reviewing very well. I mean, it's currently sitting at an open critic or a a Metacritic rating of 92 and an open critic rating of mighty top critic average is 93 critics recommend 100% based on 13 critic reviews. We'll jump into IGN's review who says that, but what does that say? The best part of a Lego build uh, set is building it. Otherwise you'd be, uh, by a toy ready build. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, I didn't realize that Media Molecule made Little Big Planet. That makes sense. Okay, I understand now. Yeah. So the verdict for uh, from IGN for Dreams is, it's a cliche, but Dreams really is something that needs to be played to fully grasp an understanding of. It's unlike anything else. An ambitious project that has been expertly brought to life by Media Molecule in an, aud- an aud- audacious way uh, experiment in game design that gives you endless ways to enjoy your time with it. The creation tools allow for ultimate expression despite there being a few control-related challenges to work around. Never enough to deter. The vast range of experiences already on offer via Dream Surfing means that no two sessions playing it are ever the same, offering fresh ways to have fun every time you start it up and see what community creations have popped up while you've been away. Whether you just want to create, purely play, or get involved in a bit of everything, Dreams offers it all to you. This one dream I urge you not to sleep on. Cute. I like that. Um, Interesting. Maybe yeah, I'll they- get into this. They gave it a 9 out of 10. I'll probably wait for it to hit some sort of sale, and then I'll get it. I uh, just have so many goddamn games to play right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I saw something about there being a story mode. So, But they've literally recreated, like, everything in this video game. Like, there's... They've recreated, like, full games in some cases. Who, I don't Just, know. like, regular people? Regular people, yeah. I mean, if you watch some of these trailers, like, there's... What looks like a recreation of Echo the Dolphin. I'm just watching this uh, video in um, the IGN review. There's like a recreation of Final Fantasy VII. It's like, I don't know. It's pretty wild. But either way, very cool way to end out the the PS4 life cycle here. So I'd imagine, would not be surprised at all if we saw a port of this to PS5. Um, but, you know, that's anybody's guess. Is there I just, a reason to port it if the PS5 is backwards compatible? Very true. So that brings us to another article that I'll jump down to. We we're going to keep this kind of in the back uh, on the back burner for a couple more articles, but let's jump right into it. So Bloomberg reports that Sony is struggling with PlayStation 5 price due to its costly parts. So let's highlight a few pieces here from that article. So there's a lot to take in in this article. Um... I mean, not really a lot to take in, but a fair amount of it. So it mm. more or less sounds like Sony's waiting for Xbox to announce the price of the Xbox Series X before they announce their uh, price. There's a new PlayStation VR headset also planned after the PS5 launch. There um, is. Yeah, that, that's in the Bloomberg article as well. 
Um, That's news, right? Because before, all they said was the old PSVR headset would be compatible, and that was it. Yeah, so there's definitely going to be another headset. I, w- I would not be surprised by that. And I'd hope that they use things like cameras on the headset and make it more, I don't know, relevant. Get rid of the PSI. Yeah. I hope that they're able to make like older PSVR games better with whatever technology they use on the new headset. That'd be cool, if it is backwards compatible. Yeah. Um, so... They, we have, there's excerpts here, so I'm kind of flipping back and forth between Reset Era and the highlights that they gave there, uh, and the Bloomberg article. So, I guess right now, if they price out all the components, it sits at $450 for the bill of materials. Which so, is wild. Yeah, that's unit cost, and so obviously, the retail price would have to be at least $470 uh, for them to to be able to sell it presumably at a profit which is why it's weird i learned something new in the bloomberg article because i did not realize that the that the um the profit margin on the ps4 was only 20 bucks yeah because apparently ps4 only cost like what 370 dollars to make and they sold at 399 i had no idea it was that small of a of a margin so when i heard 450 i was like oh this is gonna be like a 600 dollar console that's gonna suck but if the profit margin only has to be twenty bucks, I mean four seventy is still a lot of money. But yeah, so people are like, "Oh, PS five hundred dollars, haha," and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, "Okay, they're not." Um, so pulling out more excerpts here, the company's biggest headache is to uh, is ensuring a reliable supply of DRAM and NAND flash memory, with both in high demand as smartphone makers gear up for fifth generation devices. According to people familiar with Sony's operations. Um, Samsung Electronics just announced the Galaxy S20 product range, which each variant of which will have a, will have 5G and a minimum of 12 gigabytes of RAM in the U.S. Oh, they're just jumping from 10 to 20. Is that how we're doing it now these days? Oh yeah, Sam. Yeah, who knows what Samsung's doing? So, um, let's see here. Most of the components for the console have been locked down. The people said, including the cooling system, which is unusually expensive at a few dollars per unit. Typically, companies spend less than a dollar, but Sony opted to lavish more on making sure heat dissipation from the powerful chips housed inside the console isn't an issue. Uh, of course, here we go. The ongoing coronavirus outbreak has had no impact so far on preparation for PS5 production, they said. <laughs> the company yet uh, has yet to decide how many PlayStation 5 units it will make in the first year. The way you uh, started that sentence, you're like, oh, here we go, and then it was like, no impact. <laughs> so, what, well, no, because what I've noticed is there's a lot of hubbub about it where it's like, oh my gosh, coronavirus is going to stop the supply of everything. And then a lot of companies like Nintendo are saying, hey guys, chill out. Network, uh, North America and Europe are fine. We might have some constraints in like China and possibly Japan, but otherwise we're fine. And everyone's like, oh my God, coronavirus is going to, you know, obviously I don't want to downplay the situation that we have at hand. It is very bad and very scary, but um, China is a big country, and not everything is in Wuhan, China. Exactly, and some people kind of well, it is also a lot of China is on lockdown, but that's a separate yeah. story. I mean, yeah, that's um, different. So, rounding out a couple more uh, from Reset Era here that just pulled out some punchlines here. Separately, Sony plans to release a new version of PlayStation VR, tentatively scheduled after PS5 goes on sale. Uh, the people said people within the PlayStation business unit said a key factor in deciding the ultimate PlayStation 5 retail price will be where Microsoft sets its price for the next generation Xbox Series X. Microsoft is widely expected to hold that information back until the E3 Gaming Expo in Los Angeles in June. Um, hmm. There's pressure from CFO Totoki for Sony to provide more transparency and information to build up to the PlayStation 5's release, which has caused some consternation internally. 
Define consternation. You know, it's funny. I don't know what that means. <laughs> because someone at work said that, and I was like, I don't know what that word means. And then <laughs> they joked and told me what it meant. But it's feelings of anxiety or dismay, typically at something unexpected. Interesting. I'm going to say it now. I think it's going to retail at 450 and they'll just take a loss on the consoles until the price like the the supply bill materials goes lower yeah look like there's no way that they can launch 500 remember when they tried to launch the ps3 at 600 did it drop to 500 or drop to 400 so it dropped to 500 for the top model and then 400 for the model below that from what I understand, I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember too well. But there's no way, because I don't think Microsoft is going to put the Xbox Series X at 500 It's probably going to be 400 I I would be shocked. So the Xbox Series X is very powerful, but I would be surprised if it launched at 500 only because the Xbox, the Xbox One X, here we go, I'm getting confused already. The Xbox <laughs> One X launched at 500 and immediately saw like all these temporary price drops after a while, down to four fifty, down to four hundred, and yeah. it was very quick to to drop. So, I'd imagine I hope they learned their lesson kind of from that, but it's also yeah. possible they didn't. So that's just I mean that's the appeal of consoles anyway, and that's why PC will always be like the better graphics were because PCs are freaking expensive. Like a graphics yeah. card is literally eight hundred dollars to get those better than console graphics. So, I I think that. If they come out and say the Xbox Series X is 500, I could see Sony just that, like you're saying, out of either spite or whatever, taking the loss and either selling it at 470 or selling it at 450 or being like an oddball number of like 479 just to prove a point. Like, oh yeah, we're $20 cheaper than Xbox. Just so they could say they're cheaper than Xbox. I I thought that it was more so that if they see Microsoft going for 500, then they would be comfortable with going for 500. But. I could As opposed see to like, that. they don't. They just don't want to be too m- undercut. I think they're they're okay with matching, and I yes. feel like they might both land around four fifty. So I could definitely see that because I I personally think that Sony could price it at five hundred, and Xbox could price it at five hundred as well, and Sony would still be ahead. But I think they just have so much ground at this point. But Xbox has Game Pass and all that other stuff, so I don't know. I don't know. I guess they yeah I didn't even consider Game Pass as like a, a revenue stream so maybe Xbox is more comfortable taking losses on things I don't know who knows we'll Nobody find out this year knows. though just a few short months we will I don't think we're gonna find out at E3 though that's a weird prediction I feel like well for actually, Microsoft Xbox, we probably will Xbox yeah Microsoft is the only one that really still uses E3 Sony's obviously not at E3 and neither is really Nintendo gonna announce stuff at E3 so yeah anyways. Speaking of things that, I don't know, there's no good segue into this. Anthem, remember that garbage game that came out a year ago? Um, <laughs> so it's actually getting, I, I read this wrong and I was like, Anthem 2? Um, so no, Anthem 2 is not happening just yet. Um, but they are getting a major kind of 2.0 overhaul. Um, so they actually posted this, uh, Bioware posted this to their blog. And I'll kind of um, highlight through this here. And they you know start with you know thanking all their players for being so you know, whatever, creative and having a blast with the game. And then the meat and potatoes of it is, uh, this is from Casey at Bioware. He says, over the last year, the team has worked hard to improve stability, performance, and the general quality of life uh, while delivering three new seasons of content and features. 
We have also heard your feedback that Anthem needs a more satisfying loot experience, better long-term progression, and a more fulfilling end game. So we recognize that there's still some uh, fundamental work to be done to bring out the full potential of the experience, and it will require a more substantial reinvention than an update or an expansion. Over the coming months, we will be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards, uh, while preserving the fun of flying and fighting in a vast science fantasy setting. And to do so, or to do that properly, we'll be doing something that we'd like to have done more of the first time around, giving a focused team uh, the time to test and iterate, focusing on gameplay first. In the meantime, we'll continue to run the current version of Anthem, but move away from full seasons as the team works towards the future of Anthem. Uh, we'll keep the game doing, uh, going with events, store refreshes, and revisiting past seasonal and cataclysm content, starting with our anniversary towards the end of the month. Uh, so it sounds like they kind of took it to heart that the game was kind of released when it was incomplete. Um, maybe they rushed some things and didn't really focus on the gameplay, which is kind of where my issues lied in our little demo session with it. Um, so... I don't know. I think it has a good concept, and this kind of seems promising. If they kind of reiterate it and redo it, maybe it'll draw me back in. But who knows? I think this game is dead. <laughs> wow. No faith. I I don't I don't think there's any better way to paint it. I mean, they messed it up. They rushed it out, and that's it. It's it's. Over. I mean, will this like suddenly boost sales, and then everyone's gonna be playing Anthem in a year when this update? you know, is finished and, and out the door? Probably not, because I feel like everyone's already, you know, have the idea painted in their head that Anthem kind of sucks. But, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it'll be amazing. I, uh, yeah, well, we'll see. I'll be, I'll be happy to, uh, to be wrong on this one, but, I don't know. It could be, they could turn around, like, uh, No Man's Sky got turned around, too. Yeah. I mean, No Man's Sky, they turned it on its head, they did this whole Beyond update and whatever, and whatever. Apparently it's decent now. But you Have know what's never going to turn around? HQ trivia. <laughs> oh my god! Remember when we were like on the Disney monorail in Disney World, and then that was, was one of the first things I thought of. <laughs> it was like out of the blue, they were like, "We're having special Disney themed HQ trivia," and we're like, "No way!" That's like they know the whole monorail played. That was pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So HQ trivia, uh, it's game over for HQ trivia. This one comes from CNN. Uh, who learned that the company behind the once popular live mobile trivia game is shutting down. CNN Business has learned. HQ will part ways with 25 full-time employees. When HQ launched in 2017, its first game, HQ Trivia, quickly attracted millions of people across the world, including us, who stopped whatever they were doing twice a day to play the game on their smartphones. Over the next year, the game's popularity faded, and its parent company was hit with a series of setbacks. The company grappled with internal turmoil, including the death of HQ co-founder Colin Kroll, who died in December 2018 from a drug overdose. CEO Russ Yusupov said, excuse me, in a company-wide email on Friday that, quote, lead investors are no longer willing to fund the company. So effective today, HQ will cease operations and move to dissolution. That sucks. Yeah, that really sucks. Imagine getting an email like, hey, guys, we're closing the doors. That's it. Go home. I mean, you had to have known it was coming, right? Like, they leading up to this, a lot of people had left the company including Scott Rogowski, who was kind of the face of it all. Where'd he go? Um, I don't know. He wanted to do other things, I guess. I think he does commercials now. Oh, my God. He's famous now. Right. From a nobody to a somebody. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is sad because this was kind of like one of those cool things, kind of like how Pokemon Go like had everyone out and about for an entire summer. 
And I don't know, this was like a really cool thing where everyone was playing HQ trivia all the time. Um, yeah. I don't know. It was it was a really super innovative idea, and they did make a lot of money. They made a, actually a lot of revenue in the first year just from like corporate partnerships and sponsorships or whatever. They like apparently in this article, um, they say that they they had a partnership with the Lego Movie Two, where they like were advertising Lego Movie Two or whatever, and it was nominated for an Emmy. Like that live show was nominated for an Emmy, which was I don't know. It's such a novel concept, and it's sad to see it go. But yeah, it is because I think it was. Uh... I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it had a lot of potential. It was the first time we saw something like that, which I thought was pretty cool. So, I don't know. It is. It is unfortunate to see it shut down. But I haven't heard anything about it. No one's really talking about it anymore. But no one in our circles is talking about Pokemon Go anymore. Yet it's still pretty damn popular. Yeah, I'd assume that like it still had a following. I didn't realize that it was like in in such a dire situation. But I guess the the lucrativeness of companies that would previously like make these big partnerships and like sponsor their product or whatever on it that all kind of went away yeah so because not i don't know i'm sure that they didn't have as much of a user base yeah i don't know and then our last piece of news which is kind of (laughs) crazy this is a little wild actually when you think about it the dice awards the dice awards happened um just this uh few days ago so in the dice awards you know they have a lot of different awards uh, including the game of the year, so they are interactive achievement awards specifically. Sorry, aware. So I mean, they're the, the dice awards, but yeah. In the game of the year category stands titles such as the 2018 God of War, Overwatch, Fallout 4, The Last of Us, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Uh, did I say Overwatch? I think I said Overwatch. Uh, Journey, Skyrim, Mass Effect 2. Oh, these are previous winners. I was like, for this year, what? <laughs> Ocarina of Time, Little Big Planet, uh, Halo Combat Evolved, Diablo 2, My Computer Making Noise, uh, (laughs) GoldenEye 007. This year's winner, my friends, is none other than House House's Untitled Goose Game. That is wild. (laughs) That is genuinely so wild. I I was uh, was pretty shook by this one. I don't know. It's, It's very interesting. So the nominees... Uh, for Game of the Year, this one comes from Hollywood Reporter, who's got everything listed out here. Uh, Game of the Year nominees were Control, Death Stranding, Disco Elysium, Outer Wilds, and Untitled Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game, obviously the winner here. Uh, scrolling through some of the other winners, Action Game of the Year, Control, Adventure Game of the Year, Jedi Fallen Order, Family Game of the Year, Super Mario Maker 2, Fighting Game of the Year, Mortal Kombat 11, Racing Game of the Year, Mario Kart Tour, which is the mobile game. Really? That's yeah. fake. I don't trust these awards anymore. Well, it was up against Crash Team Racing, Dirt Rally 2.0, F1 2019, and Trials Rising. Huh. Uh, role-playing game of the year, The Outer Worlds. Sports game of the year, <laughs> FIFA 20. Like, that's like, I don't even know how it's a real thing. There's only um, two sports games that come out every year. No, it's FIFA, Madden, MLB, NBA, and NHL. Sorry, there's five games. They're all the same publisher. Anyways. Literally. Uh, strategy simulation game of the year, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Immersive Reality Technical Achievement, Blood and Truth on PS4 for PSVR, Immersive Reality Game of the Year, Pistol Whip, which is very similar to Beat Saber from what I understand, but it's a little bit different. Outstanding Achievement for an Independent Game, Until Goose Game, Portable Game of the Year, Sayonara Wild Hearts, it's a rhythm-based game, uh, Online Game of the Year, Apex Legends, uh, Outstanding Achievement in Game Design, Baba Zoo, very cool concept, you should check it out. 
Outstanding Achievement Game Direction Control, Outstanding Achievement Animation, Luigi's Mansion 3, very well deserved. Didn't you call that out earlier? I did, and that's why, because I saw this earlier. Uh, Outstanding Achievement Art Direction, Control, Outstanding Achievement Character, Untitled Goose Game, The Goose. <laughs> I love it. Standing, standing Amongst, Sam Bridges from Death Stranding, Cliff Unger from Death Stranding, Jesse Fadden from Control, and Grease from Jedi Fallen Order, The Goose 1. Outstanding Achievement Original Music Composition Control. Outstanding Achievement in Audio Design, Death Stranding. Outstanding Achievement in Story, Disco Elysium. And Outstanding Technical Achievement, Death Stranding. So, pretty crazy that the Untitled Goose Game won amongst all of these. But, well deserved. I have to beat that game one of these days. But you haven't beat it yet? No, I haven't. It's like a total of two hours. I don't have two hours to play it. Oh my god. Just take a break from Luigi's Mansion for like one minute. And you'll beat it. It's so fast. I don't know what to You're probably already at the end. Where are you? Are you in the market? Uh, yes. Okay, there's like one more area after that, and that's it. Like, you're so close. Oh, really? Anyways. Yes. I cannot believe you haven't beat that game yet. Anyways, fake. That's all the news we have for episode 71, aside from Ahmed yelling at me here. <laughs> I cannot believe you haven't beat it yet. I'm so mad at you. That's like the easiest game. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you either. I don't even know you anymore. Oh, anyways. <sighs> this has been the last episode of What the Fun Cast ever, forever. What the Fun Canceled. What the Fun Canceled. Anyways. Um, yeah. If you're driving to work, drive safe. If you're on your way to school, I don't know, have a good class. <laughs> study for your exams. <laughs> get Do that, well. Get that there. Homework done. Have a great long weekend. If you're listening to us after a long weekend, have a great next weekend when you can listen to episode 72. Um, and yeah, this is Paul and Ahmed with What the Fun Cast signing off. See y'all next week. Peace.